Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the newly named Blues on Parade podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. Andres, we changed our name. We mentioned it in our Real preview. But if if some of you listeners out there didn't uh, didn't catch it in the Real preview, we did change our name. We are now the Blues on Parade. Um, formerly known as the Romans Empire podcast. So uh, it's been a hell of a week, Andres. A hell of a week. Um, I already said it a little earlier, but you know we did record a Real Madrid review, and we also gave our predictions um, heading into the second leg. That will be posted as a separate podcast, so make sure you guys are keeping your eyes open for that one. We went incredibly in-depth on uh, what we think of the second leg, who we should play, what formation we go with, who was at fault the first leg, all that good stuff. So um, if you guys want to check that out, make sure you do. Let us know what you think. But this episode, we're going to be reviewing uh, the Southampton game coming up at the weekend here. So obviously Chelsea are traveling away to to St. Mary's to play Southampton. Um, I want to kick this one off with a loaded question, Andres. I think this is probably the main talking point of this episode. Nick Lenartson, our good friend, uh, amongst the 50 questions he asked us this weekend, I picked one, um, the best one. He asked, I think we should let go of the return game. Cement our third spot instead. Give the new owners a chance to sell most of the dead meat and sign new players. I'm guessing he meant the Europa League next year would be suicidal, assuming we miss out on top four. No... ECL. I think he just means European Champions League. I think he is what he meant to go with. Yeah. But I am not ready to give up on the Madrid game. I think anything can happen in football. Like anything can happen. And 90 minutes, we win that match. I mean, if you go to the other podcast, you'll hear my thoughts. No, I think winning that sort of match can honestly be a catalyst for all competitions left in the season so sure if we lose if we don't get enough goals are we going to be able to focus on the premier league yes of course but we're chelsea and and something that tuchel has always talked about is that winning and winning trophies is part of the dna it is not a hope it is an expectation and i mean as a fan i don't want chelsea to come in with a b team against madrid because yeah. that that doesn't instill in me that this team believes in themselves enough to think that they can compete in the Champions League and still compete in the Prem. Now, I know that Nick also said that, oh, is this a hangover from the Brentford match? I am going to nip that in the butt right now. I think that the Brentford match was bad, but I think that the Real Madrid match came down to three players' individual mistakes. And I think the scoreline was far harsher than the match should have been. Don't give them, don't give them too much. I want them no, to no, listen to the other it. episode. <laughs> Going into, but, but to finish answering his question, I don't yeah. think giving up on Champions League is the right mentality for the Premier League. I think you go all out still. 
because you want your players to be fighting for every single match. I've always maintained this, and I've said it before on the podcast, but I think our most important game is the next game. Any trophy that's available to win, we go out and win it. I don't care if it's the Super Cup. I don't care if it's the, you know, freaking preseason tournament. I want to win every single trophy that we can get our hands on. Um, Now, not to say that we can get our hands on a Premier League trophy this season, but finishing as high as possible in the Premier League is going to be crucial. The new owner is going to come in. He's going to want more prize money to work with. Granted, he is going to inject some of his own cash, but wouldn't it be nice if he had an extra 20, 30 million to spend on the squad this summer? Um, Also, what about our fucking professional pride? (laughs) We shit on teams that play B teams on purpose all the time. We call it out. Um, And I don't want to be one of those teams because I don't want to call ourselves out, honestly. And I don't think... (laughs) I I just don't think it's in our DNA. Like you said, we are a winning club. We've done nothing but win trophies at a ridiculous rate since 2003. And by no stretch do I want to see a B team go out there against Southend, especially considering that we're coming off of this terrible, you know, seven goals in the last two matches. Um but let's kind of just dive right into it. Um, Southampton are 12th in the Premier League. They are winless in their last four. Um, and we are playing them at home. So just some quick home stats for them. They've only scored nine goals from open play at home this season in 15 uh, total matches. They do average a lot of shots, though. They take 14 shots per game, averaging five on target. So they do pepper the goal. Um, they're similar to us where they create chances, but they just can't fucking score sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is pretty funny, but um, look, I I think the biggest threat from them, and you'll agree with me on this, is the set piece delivery. I mean, they have arguably the best set piece taker in England, and I would even argue the best set piece taker in just Europe. If you're going off the last calendar yeah. year, James Ward-Prowse is a freak of nature behind a dead ball. Regardless Limit the amount of, of fouls. Limit exactly. Them. Exactly. Their center backs love to get on the end of crosses. I think Bednarek has three goals already this season in the Premier League. So that just kind of tells you everything. They're going to try and win tackle. They're going to try and win fouls and free kicks in the attacking third. If they can get a direct free kick, you better bet your bottom dollar James Ward-Prowse is going to try and stick it in the corner. If it's angled, you better bet your bottom dollar that it's going to wind up on a center back's head. So we have to be conscious of that. We cannot be stuck in those 1v1 situations of giving up these stupid fouls. And also, Andres, maybe you can explain this a little further. Our press was garbage against Real. So I think that's, if we come out with that same sort of press that we had in the first half against Real, um, we're going to get caught a lot and we're going to give away a lot of set pieces. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked not to like rub salt in Lampard's current managerial situation, but it looked like the crappy press that we used to run with Lampard, where there was just gaps in between each set of lines, the front three, midfield, and defense. I think, I'm not sure if Southampton is the team that you want to press because that's all they do. So if anything, winning the ball and and just moving quickly when they're trying to get their press settled is how we're going to beat them. So I'm not sure if you try to match the energy that they're going to be put out instead of maybe like spend the first 10, 15 minutes letting them waste theirs. You know, I th- that's the part where 
where I don't really know what to expect from Tuchel, whether he's going to say, okay, match the energy or, hey, let's absorb for the first 10, 15 minutes and catch like catch some sleeping. Um, that's actually a really good pivot because I want to talk about Hasenhutl's style a little bit. And I think that'll kind of give us a better picture of Tuchel's approach to counter it. Um, they've played the 4-4-2 a lot this season. They played it 23 times in total. So you pretty safe to say that they might show up with the 4-4-2 this weekend. Um, James Ward-Prowse and, and former Chelsea Oriol Romeo are going to sit in in the midfield. Um, they're their two center mids. And then usually they go with a strike pairing of Broja and Che Adams or Broja or Che Adams plus one. Broja won't be able to play because he's a Chelsea player. And it's important to note that he is also their second leading scorer in the league. Um, so I think Che Adams will get the will get the start. He has seven goals this season. I know he's not a he's not a top striker by any stretch, but he does have quality in him, and he could hurt teams. Um, so that would be something to look out for. Do you, who do you think is going to start up top with Che Adams? You think it'll be Armstrong? My my best guess is Adam Armstrong, but they could go with maybe more of like a four two three one, and maybe add someone like Nathan Redmond. Mm. as well um but yeah broja both being a chelsea loney and being hurt kind of helps us out a bit mm-hmm. uh i don't think we're gonna give che adams the space in behind that he would like to get i think that's one of the things that we you didn't mention is that they do benefit a lot from not not necessarily a direct through ball but those early crosses that are behind the back line for their yeah. strikers to run into the box for. I, I don't think that sort of space is something that we give up typically. I know that we've given up seven goals in the past two matches, but I hope that this is where we turn, turn the page. And, and I really think the back three are going to be extremely solid and, and very organized for this match. I mean, look, this will be a really, really good spot. A really good time to pick up a clean sheet, especially against a team that doesn't score a lot of goals, especially at home. Um, you know a little bit more about their playing style. I mean, we talked about the 4-4-2. They are a possession-based side. They do knock the ball around a lot. They play in the. Uh, they like to play in the middle third and their attacking third. Um, they're not the tidiest team in possession, but look, they do try to play football to their credit. You know, they aren't one of those teams that's going to sit back and put, you know, a block of four and a block of five and leave Che Adams up alone, up alone. You might see that at times when we're deep in possession, but I think for the most part, you know, they're going to they're going to put the high press on us. You know, it's just Hasenhutl style. You know, if, if, if you if you know anything about German football, you know that the high press is coming. <laughs> um <laughs> So I, I don't expect anything less. Um, so look, I mean, let's just get right to it. You know, we, we talked in the Real preview um, about our preferred formation slash player selection slash most important player for the second leg of Real. Let's talk about it with this match. What formation um, do you want to see and what lineup do you want to see out there? Um, I'll go 3-4-3. Three, Still, I mean, it's not if we're if we're going to talk realistic. That's, I think, what we'll we'll most likely see Tiago, Rudiger, uh, maybe Chalaba in this one. Uh, then Reese James, right wing back. Honestly, roll the dice. I think Alonso probably gets the nod again at left wing back. In midfield. 
Jorginho and Kovacic for this one. And then a front three of Kai. Kai, Pulisic, Ziyech. I think Ooh. Mount will get a break. I was going to ask, could you see Lukaku getting a start? <laughs> I mean, you're joking, right? No, no. Serious question. Oh, no, no. I with, don't. <laughs> with, an eye on the, with an eye on the second leg, can no. Lukaku get himself I, I don't a start? Think, I don't think there is such a thing as an eye. You talked about it earlier. The most important <laughs> match is the next match. There's no... Saturday I think with Lukaku, it. there's only ears, and all we've been hearing is a bunch of bullshit from him. So we don't really don't want to see him at all. Yeah, um, yeah I don't think Lukaku is starting this one. It's yeah, not uh, an FA Cup match, you know. Like, mm-hmm. unless suddenly we're matching their style and playing a four-four-two, I don't see Lukaku starting. I will be genuinely surprised if if we start Lukaku. Yeah. Um. Look, I I talked in the Real preview about the four-triple-two. Not to say that Tuchel's going to go and play that in this game, because I do think there's an advantage to playing the 3-4-3 in this, especially if you're playing against the 4-4-2. You know, you get that natural width, and you're going to force the other team to, uh, to you know, spread out, and obviously there's going to be spaces, you know, in, in between the lines to play. And I think that's where Mason Mount, Kai, Ziyech, whoever plays up up front is going to thrive. Um, but I think more telltale than that, Whatever formation we put out against Southampton is, I think, what we'll see against Real. I think at this point, Tuchel is going to look at the squad and say, okay, it doesn't matter how I get the results. I just need to find something that works for now. We need to stop the bleeding. Um, so if he does go out with that 3-4-3 like you, like you prefer, we better see it against Real. I don't want to see a different. I don't want to see any sort of different formation from this game to the next. Like there's too much chopping and changing. I think we need to find something. Stop the bleeding and stick with it. I mean, that's that's what we did last season, too. I, I just think the one difference you could see between the weekend and, and the Real match is where Reese James lines up. I think yeah. you can do that. that. That can be a quick chop and change without changing the style of game. I think you and, want... And for those that didn't listen to the Real pod, what two positions are you talking about for Reese? I, I mean, I, I want Reese playing at right wing back in the Premier League, but I want him at right center back when it comes to Madrid to neutralize the Vinicius threat yeah. from, from kickoff. I don't want that to be an adjustment. Yeah. So uh, revert back to our Champions League final winning yeah. tactical formula. Right. Why not? I mean, it, it, gets a, it got us to a Champions League final. It got us to an FA Cup final. Reese James matches up well against wingers. The advantage of having such a defensively solid player is that when needed, he can bite the bullet and not be contributing to the goals, but he can contribute to not allowing them and let him have his fun <laughs> this weekend and then get back to business midweek. That That's how I see it, at least. What about so you? More, who, who do you think is the 11? I don't know what formation, but since I since I went for the four triple two as my preferred second leg Real formation, I'm gonna go four triple two in this one. Um, I'd give Malong Sar a start at left back. I would go with Rudiger and either Chalaba or Christensen. I think Thiago needs a rest. He played international duty as well. We have to keep that in mind. Um, obviously, Reese James on the right. You rest Aspie because we're going to need him. Um, you go with the midfield pairing of 
let's say Conte and Kovacic will give Jorginho a rest. Um, we'll go Mount, Pulisic as the wingers, and Werner and Havertz up top. I think he'll keep Ziyech on the bench because I, I do think that he might... I, I, I don't know why. I just have a gut feeling he's going to start Ziyech against Real in the second leg. Um, just based off of his, you know, I mean, you look at the second half against Real, he was really impactful for us. He got on the ball a lot. Granted, the end product wasn't there, but you know better than anyone else that when you start Ziyech, you get a performance out of him. And when you bring him off the bench, he's a completely different player in the worst way possible. So I'm going to say that's my formation. As much as I hate to say that I'm going to see Werner out there. I was about to ask you about that. Yeah. After the Brentford match, you really think... Werner is going to be given a start. I mean, I know historically, and it's not a long history, but he plays well against Southampton. It's Yeah, it's not just that. I just think that Tuchel wants to start with a different energy. And if there's one thing, I mean, it's something you harped on after Real. And if there's one thing you don't fault Werner for, it's it's his work rate. You know, if there's anything that he does at an elite level, it's run his ass off. Um, not score goals or anything else. <laughs> But, you know, I, I am saying that with the idea of keeping Ziyech, you know, on the sidelines because, you know, you don't want to play a guy like him twice a week. I don't want I just don't want him to get kicked by a bunch of center backs for 90 minutes and then try to play against Real Madrid. But the well, same if, thing goes if we for play, Pulisic as if well. If we play, I don't know if you want to meet me halfway, but if you go with a 4-1-4-1. Mm, midfield three again, RLC. No, I was going to say you, you leave Jorginho on and you have uh, Mount and Kovacic ahead of him. Pulisic mm-hmm. on the left, Ziyech on the right, Kai up top. I wouldn't mind that either, yeah. I mean, the the three midfielders would make sense against Southampton because they like to possess, so it would completely stop them from doing that. And then it would force one of their strikers to drop in and defend. Yeah, I, and I'm thinking also... Pin them back. I'm also thinking of how easy the quick passes were in that one with the diamonds that naturally formed between fullback, Jorginho, wide player second center mid making the forward run so if we want to beat the press and you don't want to complicate it because we haven't been good about beating a press maybe predetermined patterns of play can can you know help you out a little bit yeah so predictions what are we thinking (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a prediction it's a hope it's a a prayer a prayer it's uh, three points three points that's all that there. matters so so we'll I'll, I'll go back to my parlay how about that i'll go three points i will go which this one's ballsy but a clean sheet and two different goal scorers i like that i think Mount gets on the score sheet I think he looked like one of the most visibly frustrated players against Real. So I think he's going to come out with just some sort of edge when he plays. I'm going to go 1-0 Chelsea. I don't think it's going to be pretty because I don't think you could fix the problems we have, you know, in just a matter of 48 hours. And also considering that the players did give a lot in that second half. So there's going to be a level of fatigue that goes into it. But I think the bottom line is this is a potential banana peel. And we have to come into this match with the right mentality, like Tuchel said. Um, otherwise, we'll get destroyed at Southampton, and to quote him, we'll get destroyed at the Bernabeu. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's see. Looking around the league, luckily for us, Arsenal play Brighton, which is no 
slouch. Easy feet, yeah. And then Tottenham play Aston Villa, who you have to roll the dice to see which Aston Villa you get. Yeah, that's um, very true. To Aston Villa's lost three in a row, so I don't want to say that. Arsenal also lost Kieran Tierney for the rest of the season, and he's huge for them. He's their best defender. Yeah, I. I Crystal Palace could have maybe given a blueprint to Brighton. Brighton worked just as hard as Palace. Mm-hmm. So, hey, maybe it'll be the thing I hate the most, but the thing that always saves our ass is that in the backstretch of the season, the other teams somehow self-sabotage more than we do, and we still end up in the top four. Yeah, yeah. And I think that <laughs> I think that will happen. I think we will wind up in the top four. But that kind of wraps it up. Andres, do you have anything else to add? Um, if you see a logo that you're not used to on Twitter or a Twitter account, don't go ahead and unfollow. Just double check that it's us. <laughs> Lots of changes coming. Um, I know the three of us are really excited about the new brand. We we moved away from obviously being owner specific. We didn't want to be coach specific, player specific. I mean, you'll see the logo. I hope it makes sense. If you have questions. If you're even listening at this point, obviously, we have a championship bus. We're on parades because we win trophies. And then if you live under a rock, maybe you haven't heard of the song Bulls on Parade, Blues on Parade, play on words. Just, I mean, it just made sense. And and shout out to our designer who made this logo because it's, I think it's sick. Oh, dude, it is. It is way cleaner than our previous logo. Um, shout out to Florian. Florian's the man. Um, so if you're listening, Florian, thanks a lot for the for the work, buddy. It was awesome. We'll we'll definitely work with you again. <laughs> I think that's safe to say. Uh, but yeah, um, we I would give the Twitter handle, but we haven't changed it yet. So um, you know, just keep an eye out on it. Keep an eye out for it. Um, you know, if you want to check in in a couple of days, just go ahead and search Blues on Parade on any of your favorite platforms, and we'll be there. Um, so yeah, until the Real Madrid match, um, also we did drop a preview slash predictions pod. I mentioned it 50 times. Listen to that. It's great. Really insightful. Andres and I spent a shit ton of time doing research and pulling stats for that. So make it worth our while. And, uh, until next week, keep the blue flag flying high.